0: Hello everyone and welcome to The Other Side of the Table, where we discuss differing political opinions on certain issues to where we can come to some sort of compromise or a bit of understanding of each other. Alright, so we're really excited. We have John here today and we're going to be talking about gun control, whether it is worth it, whether it's not um kind of the pros and cons of owning a gun and hopefully john will be able to give us some good insight um onto his personal views and um the views of some people that may share some beliefs Um, so john if you wouldn't mind going ahead and sharing your personal beliefs on gun control
1: yeah um happy to be here um my my personal thoughts i think the modern definition of gun control has gone a little too far. Uh, I I don't believe that everyone and anyone should be able to have guns, I think there are people who should be limited in their ability to own, but I think that should only be limited on um, like factors of mental health, uh, danger to others, like their erratic kind of behaviors. I really don't think that the modern idea of every gun should be taken away. I, I really, really dislike that idea um for many reasons that i'm sure we'll get into later but that's that's kind of my overall stance i I think it's going too far we're heading down a path where it's going to start infringing on our rights that are constitutional
0: gotcha so i'm going to be kind of playing devil's advocate so i'm kind of curious like why do you feel like it's important to own a firearm
1: uh again i think it's just it's a self-defense thing um it's a combination of things. Self-defense is one of them. There are many different self-defense options available now, but none are quite as effective <laughs> as a firearm, uh, at least in terms of like defending your home, defending your family. Um, I do agree that there are probably better options for most scenarios. Right? That's why police have a wide range of things, like their tasers or pepper spray. Um, so I don't think it's a fix-all, but I do think it's... In certain situations, you can't beat it <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's certainly better to have it on your side than against you. Um, I, I also am always impressed to hear the statistics, the numbers behind um, states, the crime rates in states like Texas versus states like Illinois, where they have polar opposite gun control laws and yet one has significantly higher crime mm-hmm. the, um, in, uh, in, in Illinois and Chicago. And so I think it's um, it's it's interesting. I think people easily overlook the effect that it has when citizens all have their guns, they're all armed. Uh, it would sure be unfortunate to be a criminal in that place. Right? <laughs> and so I, 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 mm-hmm. I definitely think that in numbers, if everyone has um, their way to defend themselves, people are going to be discouraged from acting out.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a pretty valid point. If everyone has a gun, then it's very unlikely for me to want to go out and try and shoot people because I, the risk, therefore, is escalated. But then the argument could be made that why wouldn't we just take all the guns away so that nobody has a gun? Like, for example, I used to live in Taiwan where their police force, they don't even have guns. No one has guns. And that is because it's just so... Um, They started early. They took everyone's guns very early on. They've been very strict on gun control. And granted, there are still some guns floating about in the criminal world. And some police do own guns. But the majority of people, they don't own guns and therefore don't live in fear of guns. Does that kind of make sense? No. what are some of your thoughts on that?
1: I think in um – you know, if your only concern is feeling safe around your fellow citizens, then I think that is fantastic. Um, I, I, I do believe that the core reason for that right being put in the Constitution, the right to bear arms, um, is not so much to defend ourselves from each other, but more to, um, I forget the actual wording in the Constitution, but it's, you know, to defend ourselves from an overreaching government. Uh, when. The government starts to decide that you know certain things are uh lawful or unlawful that are too extreme too uh trying to think of the word for it like uh um unreasonable right when when the government starts taking too much control over our lives that's when that's when guns are needed more than ever i think is mostly to help us uh stand up for ourselves if the government starts to get too strong to dictatorship, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to think of the word for it, Um, I I, I do think the idea of literally everyone having no guns um, has its pros and cons. I think in everyday society life that that would would definitely lead to uh, people feeling a lot safer, people uh, having less fear, I agree with that. I I would wonder how it translates to um, like in the case of a war breakout Um, and the country needs to enlist soldiers from the citizens, I would wonder if that would mean that their soldiers would be less prepared. Um, It's kind of a... Because I I can imagine, like, if the draft happened in America, a lot of the people who would get drafted have experience with a firearm, and so likely our soldiers are more prepared for that kind of scenario.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I would wonder how that affects their, like, national defense or their policing ability if those criminals who do have guns are able to just do whatever they want because the police can't fight them. So I know there's a lot more issues, I think, that arise from having no guns versus places like, like I mentioned, Texas, where, like, if everyone has a gun, that just kind of, like, naturally um, discourages crime because no one wants to be that one guy that attracts the attention of all those guns, right? So. Mm -hmm.
0: Interesting. So... Now, now, I'm curious, kind of what are your thoughts on like school shootings? Like, how could we act in order to prevent those so that guns aren't used as these tools of destruction? You know, like, how do we protect ourselves and our children and our families um, from people who get a hold of a gun when they shouldn't have one? Right? Because that's really the big concern is like a, a normal law abiding citizen with a gun is okay. Like I feel like most people are pretty much maybe some people aren't as in favor of it but they definitely aren't in favor of the criminal having a gun and then using it to kill people, right? And so that's kind of like the main concern is when guns get into the wrong hands. So how do we what are some preventative measures we can take in order to make sure guns don't get in the wrong hands?
1: And that's that's a really, really good question that I think a lot of people have been thinking on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are all kinds of background checks to prevent people who are mentally unstable from buying their own firearms. Mm-hmm. But if I'm getting incredibly like your questions more on how we prevent them from even getting a hold of one.
0: Yeah. And that's where, where there's a will, there's a way, right?
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Like, and anyone
0: could fool. a background check, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you could lie your way through any kind of questions. Um, That that begs the question, kind of going back to if everyone had a gun, right? Because, for example, like the prohibition, right? They outlawed alcohol, but yet anyone who actually wanted it could get it, right? There were were ways. And uh, there were ways that if you wanted it, you could get it. And Mm -hmm. I think the same is still going to be true. Um, for uh, guns, right? If a criminal wants to get a hold of one, he'll find a way to get one. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, kind of like a football analogy, the best defense is a good offense. I'm mm. not saying that we should, you know, question everyone who owns a gun whether they're mentally stable or not, or anyone that's holding one. But uh, I'm not sure, how to word this? Um, so say. Uh, Right. If, if someone really, really wants a gun, they'll get a hold of one. Mm-hmm. And I really think that if um, our main tool to keep that from happening, from them doing those acts that are so horrible, mm-hmm. like school shootings, I really do believe that the best way to stop those from happening is to make the school a defensive place, a place where um teachers maybe are armed, or maybe there's more, um, you know, uh, paid or professional kind of security, somewhere, if it's a place where they know that they will not get very far if they Mm -hmm. try to use something criminal, I think that would do more to discourage them from doing it.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: I think the opposite effect is what, I think gun-free zones have the opposite effect, right? If there's a a gun-free zone, like a gun-free school area, like most schools are now, public mm-hmm. schools are majority uh, gun-free zones. I really think that almost encourages someone to become something criminal because if they they think they can do it with little chance of getting caught or little chance of like being shot back at, mm-hmm. they're gonna feel a lot more confident doing it. Yeah. And so I think having the opposite effect, having extra guns in the hands of skilled people who are, you know, uh, who have been properly trained. I think that would properly d- like deter any potential criminals. Hmm. Sorry, that was a really wordy way to put it.
0: That's pretty interesting because I've heard this argument before where if uh, if we tell criminals that this is a gun-free zone or we just tell regular kids who may have mental issues that this is a gun-free zone, they know that if they show up there with a gun, they won't be met with force, Right until after the police arrive, But by then already, there's a lot of damage to be done. Um, but then you say to any teacher or responsible adult on campus that they can carry as long as they are, follow all the laws, abiding um, abide by the laws of concealed carry or carrying a firearm. Then the shooter then thinks, oh, well, I don't know if anyone's armed. So if I walk into any certain classroom, it's a possibility that I... Might get shot right before I'm even able to do any harm um, but my fear with that is is that let's say we put the a gun in the hands of a teacher and um, obviously there's very there's differing degrees like obviously I'm sure you were a Boy Scout as well um, where we kind of grew up around a firearm we were taught how to use them we got awards if we were able to hit targets at a certain point um, so we're we're comfortable enough with guns, but people who don't have that same experience might not be as careful with a gun. And especially in a, a close vicinity of children's, that's a big concern for a lot of parents, right? Right, like, right. I love my teachers in high school, but I don't know if I'd trust or... I don't know if I'd trust <laughs> any of them to carry a gun to protect me, right? Like, sure, yeah. And so that's kind of where my concern is, is that if we put a gun in a classroom with kids, um, it's a possibility that it might turn into a different hazard. You know, now a kid no longer has to take a gun from home. Now he just has to overpower the 40 pound English teacher. Right.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that that definitely poses a new set of um, struggles. That's that's where like, yeah. Yeah. there is like another theory around it where you could um, have like paid or professional security mm-hmm. or um, cause like every high school has like that, that officer, like every every high school, public high school, I think in America now has like one police officer that's there every day. Yeah. Um, but that, that one police officer really just discourages um, any poor behavior Right, in the front office which is usually where they're at right yeah uh, so there, there's there's the one idea of increasing that presence which know mm-hmm. people get scared of because you mentioned a minute ago right that the idea of bearing arms is meant to help protect us from an overreaching government
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so it kind of begs the question of putting putting extra government armed officials in schools that are good or bad and that's that's where the, the lines get blurred you know gun control is one of those things that isn't black or white yeah um as for arming teachers, I, I would agree that probably not every teacher should have a gun, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely think that if, um, if there were a select few or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if, if it was an encouraged thing, like if that might even be a, a really impressive way to hire uh, our ex-military individuals across the country if they were encouraged to enter teaching positions because they have been trained in using firearms and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that would be a really safe way to protect our our children that's a that definitely is a hard question with schools uh
0: yeah <laughs> that's what i, I asked think I,
1: I think one of the cure cure all solutions um, as hard as it would be would be just like a general change of um i don't want to say culture but just mm-hmm. like the the voice around our country towards guns Mm-hmm. I think if people were taught, kind of like you said before, like when we when we were when we were young, we were uh, boy scouts, and so mm-hmm. we were taught to respect the gun, to handle it properly, taught to mm-hmm. always aim it away from people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think if that was more common if people were raised up with a greater respect for firearms, better understanding what it is they're actually capable of, and how much control you have over that gun.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think people would be less afraid of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, I, I really think that would do wonders towards um, like you said, like in the home if a child is able to get a hold of the gun mm-hmm. uh, that that probably means that whoever owned the gun in the household did a poor job of properly locking it away yeah, or properly teaching that child how dangerous that gun is, how permanent the effects are that a gun can have mm-hmm. and so I, I really think that starts in the home. I think that was someone's I don't want to say fault, but overlooking um, the importance of teaching their kid that.
0: Yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? To be honest, I totally agree with you because when, I i mean, my grandpa was a Marine. And my dad was raised as this child of a Marine. So you can imagine how familiar he is with weapons. And um, And so it's, it's definitely very interesting because when I was raised, my um, dad and grandpa would always say like, if you point a gun at something, that means you're intending to shoot it. And that means if you point at a person, you're intending to kill that person. And, and so I've always like had great reverence for firearms because you always need to be careful, right? And so I was always taught to be careful. And my dad, he locked up his guns. There were two that weren't, but he locked up the ammunition and so, even if I did get a hold of the guns, I would have no way of firing it unless I went out and bought ammunition um, and so I've always been very careful around guns, but it's really difficult because how do you educate an entire country on the proper use of firearms, especially when half the country doesn't even want to own one like it, I I mean, you just think about how like sex ed is taught in high school and in middle school and how much it's controversial, even though right. like, it's it's just basic human biology. You need to know how your body works. And especially in high school, you need to you need to be careful. Right. And um, and so you just think about how controversial that education is and then you bring in education of guns how do you implement that in families how do you how do you properly have how do you have a father or a mother properly teach their children how to be careful around guns and how do you i would say how do you require it how do you mandate it and the the answer is you kind of can't you just have to trust that the parents do their job right and so that's right. of the whole gun control idea comes about is because a lot of people recognize they can't control what's being taught in the walls of someone's home, but they can control what comes out, right? What is outside. And so that's kind of my thoughts on gun control is that it's not so much like edu- proper education and starting within the home is definitely where proper gun handling comes from, Right? Like teaching a kid properly and then making sure your kids' needs are met and they're not being bullied and they're mentally healthy or at least getting help. That is how you prevent it. But it's so difficult to control that. And so I I feel like there, do, there does need to be more that's done on the outside to where guns aren't as commonplace to where you can bring them in willy-nilly everywhere. Um, but also... Have people trained to protect others, right? And so, I don't know. It's it's a very complex topic, but yeah, I, like I, I really
1: think, um, as far as like people being allowed to carry their guns anywhere and stuff. If, for example, I had a friend who just recently went and did his uh, did the course that's required to get your concealed carry permit mm-hmm. to carry yeah. your gun concealed, and he. Uh, he was telling me that it was a lot about like the legal situation around guns, like how you can and cannot use it according to the law. Mm-hmm. A lot about where you can carry it, how you should carry it, how to properly handle it safely. Mm-hmm. But there was, there was, there was. I actually he said there was nothing about. Um, there was zero required uh, training in actually shooting the firearm, and hmm. that's that's actually kind of scary. I, uh, he said that the class was full of people. And some certain characters, he was actually surprised you know, um, that were were there. There are there people like um, like young moms; they're getting getting their permits because they're they want to protect their families. Mm-hmm. But they aren't getting trained on how to actually fire this firearm. They're being given permission to carry it wherever they want, but yeah. they're not being taught how to use it safely. So that, that's kind of scary. Actually, I, I have to agree <laughs> that some extra training is necessary out there. Yeah, um, I think it's good that there is something in place that we aren't just letting everyone carry the guns everywhere they want. They have to go through some court of kind of training. Mm-hmm. I just think we really need to really reinforce that. Yeah. Um, to where people can feel like if they see someone's carrying a gun, they can feel a lot more confident that person was properly trained Yeah, and they can actually feel safer around them.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of how it is. It's like in California, the concealed carry process is intense. Like, most states, they, they they basically have an innocent until proven guilty ideology. Like, in other states, not California. But in California, they have a guilty until proven innocent, right? You have to show up. You have to give good reasons why you need a carry. You have to take training courses. And you basically have to prove to them. It's like, I, am, I need a firearm for a concealed carry. I... I'm trained. I can properly handle a firearm. I can clean it. I can do all this, and it's a like a year-long process. Some people don't even get it until like five, ten years later. But then you go to like, my, for example, Indiana. Well, my friend, literally, he's he's from Indiana. He has been living in Utah for years, and so he went back home to Indiana, got his concealed carry permit by walking into the store. Asking someone for his concealed carry, and then he ran a background check and got it on that that day he got it that day, and they mailed it to him <laughs> and, and so that's kind of like the difference is like you think california it's, it's very strict and it's very difficult to the point where nobody really has a concealed carry and but then you go over to Indiana and like, to be honest, Utah is also really lax with this as well, where you you can just basically walk in and get it. And so how do we improve that system? Like, what would it look like, right?
1: What, what, yeah, yeah, what would it, it look like? You can't make it too extensive. Or again, we, we start to discourage people from doing it. And I mean, as we see in the crime rates alone, I mean, it's, that's tricky. I, I definitely don't think it needs to be as over-the-top and extensive as some states, like California, might make it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, again, that comes to that right, we shouldn't have to um, verify that we need to carry a concealed carry arm. Again, it's more of a need for like self-defense, um, feeling safe. I think that's one place where California might be overstepping a little bit and mm-hmm. making you have to verify that you actually need to carry one concealed. Yeah. Um. That's that's one issue I have with that. But in Utah, the requirement is to just attend like a like that little course I was telling you. It's like a it's a one evening, a couple hours, mm-hmm. and you get a bunch of information. Yeah. Um, but yeah. There's no there's no technique involved in that training so maybe if it was like a two-parter or even like a three day like three evenings you know one night is in the classroom and two are spent out a firing range something like that where you know you at least know the person who has who's carrying a gun is at least competent enough that they won't like shoot themselves or someone around them by yeah. accident. <laughs> i think that's one of the scary things like if you're just like indiana like that person i don't know if they actually are skilled enough to use their gun mm-hmm. uh, but then there is the other effect where because it's so easy to get, so many folks have it, the crime rate in Indiana is surprisingly low. And so it's it's fascinating that even though people aren't as trained, it's still just, just the presence of guns around discourages people from acting in ways that might warrant them getting shot, right? People are afraid to try to attack someone because they're angry or, um like assault goes way down because people are afraid they don't know if that guy is carrying a gun or if they can see he's carrying it they don't know if he's you know uh stable it's almost like they're afraid to do it out of fear of their own life but sometimes that's the most effective way to prevent crime i don't know it's it's interesting um and again it's one of those things i really don't know if there is a clear answer and it's part of why i'm really glad that states can do um different laws i'm glad that we have the system we have because people can go to a state where they will feel safest Mm -hmm. um i i just would i personally wouldn't feel as safe in a place like california as i would in a place like um i don't know about indiana actually no (laughs) but uh like like at least utah has something um i believe texas is similar to utah in their requirements but uh yeah, that's just, it's, it's very strange. I don't know if there is a, a one-answer-fix-all to this problem. There
0: there definitely isn't. And that, see, that's the whole purpose of this podcast is to show people that there isn't a one-size-fits-all one answer, right? Because like you said, Indiana is, it has a very different demographic than California. Like California crime rates are a lot higher and it could be boiled down to like population density and it can also be boiled down to California just doesn't have as many guns. It, it's so difficult to pin the problem on one thing, right And so that's kind of like the whole purpose is like as we kind of talk about it, we're thinking about solutions that could actually provide some sort of benefit, right? Because I, I totally agree with you that a, a system more like Utah is it's kind of like an in-between from, like, the Indiana and the California to where you have to actually learn you need to be trained um, to get your permit. But it's also not, like, too extensive. It's not, like, under... Like, it's just, like, right in the middle. I feel like, like you said, we should be training people how to use their firearms, how to protect themselves from... um, how to protect themselves from let's say like I don't know a burglar like how how do you properly handle that situation um, and how to f- properly fire a gun right yeah and so it's it's definitely very interesting to talk about because what would that training look like would we just line them up and have them do target practice do we make their receiving of their gun permit contingent on how well they shoot or like what do you think
1: i think that is genius um (laughs) personally like something as simple as that like if they can prove that they can hit the target they want to hit from a said range um i would i would feel infinitely more confident being around those people and frankly it's not that hard to do with some practice Mm -hmm. um having shot firearms when you first start off it can be a little bit tricky but once you get some practice with with the farm of your choice, it's very easy to get proficient with using it properly. And I think that's the scariest part. People go and they buy a gun, they buy 10 bullets, and they just leave them in the gun for years. They never, they never take it out to shoot, they never take it out to practice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so when the time does come, they either aren't confident enough to use it, and by pulling it out, they actually endanger themselves, making mm-hmm. them a target, or they, the moment comes and they are overconfident and they pull mm-hmm. it out and they start shooting and they miss and hit people who are innocent. And so I really think practice is got to be required somehow.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you think about this? Like, let's say for a concealed carry permit, because that's what everyone kind of gripes about is having a gun and no one else knows you have a gun, right? Right. Um, for like a concealed carry and um, like basically to own a gun, you basically have to, um, what, kind of what I'm envisioning is like a store that is also an indoor gun range, right? Or a gun range to where you take the gun that you want, you can purchase it and then basically you practice over like a month, two months time, probably like once, twice a week, And then they kind of train you on the proper use of a firearm, um, how to clean it, how to take care of the gun. And then after you pass like a certain shooting test to where you get like a certain score to where you can prove, yes, I know how to fire a gun. I may not be an expert marksman, but I can at least fire it and hit a target generically. And then after that, the gun is then given into your full time care. Does that kind of make sense?
1: I can see that, and that's that's um. I don't I don't mind that idea. I, I definitely think that maybe the process might still be a little bit too long, but I, yeah. I. You touched on one thing that really, um, I find very interesting is training them on how to clean their gun. Mm-hmm. That that's some of the most unfortunate news to hear is when someone um, injures themselves while cleaning their gun because they didn't know properly how to do that yeah uh, I think that's one thing that is overlooked a lot people aren't trained on how to do that yeah uh, so I do think some extent some like more extensive training on handling caring for and shooting the firearm should should be mm-hmm. necessary I, I yeah. don't know that it needs to be crazy extensive um, I think making them go as many times as they need to until they hit the mark you mentioned yeah, but I do think that if someone is proficient and they can hit the mark early, they shouldn't have to do two months of shooting range. Gotcha. But that—that's just my preference. I, I really, I really like the idea of people mm-hmm. just getting as much training as um, makes sense. And I, 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 it's hard because a lot of folks don't go and practice with their firearm beyond, um, you know, the going out with buddies or something like that. No, not many people go out routinely to practice with their firearm that they purchase mostly because of like the hassle involved. Like, oh, I have, yeah. I have to clean it afterward and I have to buy more ammunition and it's so expensive now. And mm-hmm. I really think people should be warned of those things up front. Yeah, And if they aren't willing to commit to that um, long-term commitment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: if they aren't willing to take the time to take it out and they go shooting and to pay for ammunition. When they do, I don't think that person's ready to handle a firearm. I think people should expect to take it out every now and then and get used to using it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not sure how to validate that. I don't know how we <laughs> would screen that, but I do think people should be more prepared of what it is they're committing to when they do buy a firearm.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And then it just it, like we've we've gone full circle. To where now we're talking about how do we properly Educate people on firearms (laughs) Right And um, like I think this is the one thing that California does Do right is they actually Require you to take a test On your firearm And so like when my Dad applied for Or when he bought his six-hour P226 it's a Handgun and it's probably one of the most Common models it's relatively inexpensive. It's very nice. It lasts a long time. Cops and military officers use them because they're very reliable. Um, He actually had to take a test where he had to basically explain how to take it apart and to clean it properly, kind of the basic procedure on how to do so. And then there was a, a background check that was run. And so not only did he have to pass the test, he had to pass a background check and then we can get into the 8 month cooling off period that he had to go through and that was annoying but annoying for him but i feel like it should be important that as you go and buy a gun you already know kind of the risks involved and how to excuse me how to properly take care of the gun like how to how to store it how to clean it how to shoot it um and i feel like that should I personally feel like that should be someone's personal responsibility. Um, But then again, we're talking about law abiding citizens going and purchasing a gun. What would that look like? I mean, if people go and try and fraudulently buy a gun, that's a whole different story.
1: Right, and that's, I I really don't think that there is a system that can stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. I know I keep using the prohibition as an example, but like it's, it's one of the only other times in our country's history where we we hard outlawed mm-hmm. such a common good, and yeah. people still found ways to get it. And guns are a common good now. Um, yeah. You can take the gun sales of last year. as They've spiked like crazy because people want to defend themselves. Yeah. And so I really don't think limiting the purchasing is a good idea. I just think we need to require extensive training on top of it. Because you're right, people, people will get a hold of it if they want to. And you're right, people who want to skirt around the training requirements will find a way to buy a gun without going through them. Yeah. But I, I do think they'd be less inclined to use that gun for nefarious purposes if they know that every bystander to their crime is also carrying their own gun. Yeah. You know, so like, If you were to go around a bank, I, I feel like someone who wants to go do it in California is going to feel a lot more gung-ho because they know they're not anyone there who's going to feel tough enough to try to stop them, while they're yeah. carrying a gun. Because no one else there is likely to be carrying. But if you were to try that in Texas, I'm willing to bet as soon as you tried, kind of the people in that bank would pull them on you. You know, like people are so, <laughs> so willing to defend each other. And yeah. I think that when we equip our citizens properly, crime crime does go down. There's evidence to that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I I'm really interested to see all that. Um, how. The, the change in gun control happens throughout um, history because, I mean, we've seen great strides on by politicians to try and ban guns. Like, you hear it from the Democratic Party, you even hear it from some Republicans, where they feel like there needs to be a change made. And I'm really curious to see if the changes that we've kind of discussed, like better training, better knowledge, better education, um, if that plays a role in the future of gun control, right? Because I feel oh, yeah. like it's very, it's very true. Like, as long as, as people... Well, I mean, it's a commonly known fact that you fear what you don't know, right? And so many people fear guns because they don't understand them. But I do feel like there, there is more that needs to be done in order to protect people who don't have guns or, um, prevent people who shouldn't have guns from getting guns. Right.
1: Right. And that's one of the like beauties of our country is we all have our ability to learn how much freedom to choose. And, yeah. um, it's, it's unfortunate for people who are highly opinionated <laughs> yeah. because it means every opinion you have, someone else has an equally strong opposite one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, Unfortunately, fear is a really strong motivator. And I mm-hmm. think people are just so afraid of them that there is a high chance that the things we talked about today probably won't be discussed too much in those higher levels, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, and I mean, people who have been on the other end of, uh, of a firearm, I'm sure, have every right to be afraid of them. But I, I definitely think, and there's no way to force someone to gain experience with a firearm. But once you do, you start to understand the power it has. Mm -hmm. And I I really think, again, just just kind of summing up, I guess, just like, we have to help people understand how to, um, I really think the key is respecting that firearm, the power it has, Mm -hmm. and training individuals who wish to hold one on how to properly use it, that they can be a um, useful bystander rather than Mm -hmm. make situations worse. Because mm-hmm. um, the fact of the matter is, criminals are going to get their hands on them, and yeah. I really don't think that taking them out of our law-abiding citizens' hands is the recipe. I really don't think that's the answer.
0: Yeah, I I I would agree with that. Is um, it's it's really hard to advocate taking some. Well, I mean, people have been trying to take guns away from American citizens for years and years and years, and it always comes back to. If a burglar, come, burglar comes into my house with a gun and is willing to kill for what he's trying to steal, there's no way that the police can get there in time, especially if you're in a, a rural area and the police have a lot on their hands already. And so that's kind of always been the main reason is that the best self defense is, the best defense is self defense, right? Is to protect yourself and not to rely on anyone else to protect you. And um, then there's more arguments on what that looks like. But I, I would agree that education and better training is definitely a good solution to a problem that has many, many, many sides. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's gun control has always been a very interesting topic to me because, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of right down the middle
1: on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, like it's it's definitely something that should be controlled to a point. Yeah, but it definitely shouldn't. Guns, guns should never be like withheld from qualifying the citizens, mm-hmm. um, just because the state doesn't want them to have one. You know, like that's that's yeah. the opposite of what the law was made for. And so, it's it's fascinating. I I definitely and there's a whole other aspect of like limiting what kinds of firearms are allowed mm-hmm. and that's the whole other tangent that I'm sure we could talk on but <laughs> um, it's, it's fascinating to me learning about different laws states have in place like stand your ground states like, like Utah is one of those
2: mm-hmm.
1: where if someone threatens you in a place where you have in a public space you have the right to be in then you mm-hmm. have a right to defend yourself defend your right to be there whereas there are yeah. states where it's the opposite I believe um, Oregon is the opposite I forget what the law is called but it's if someone is threatening you you're obligated to run away Uh basically you you aren't justified in defending your stance you're you're expected to run away and if that doesn't work then you can fight back i just feel like there's too much risk if my life was in danger um the odds of i'm not a very fast guy and so (laughs) i feel like the odds of me being able to run away and, and succeed in that i feel like it's more just putting myself in more danger and so there's all kinds of laws on those to consider and it's a very wide spanning topic
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean we could talk for hours and hours about it but i think what we've we've already discussed is like kind of the key point and it's like well basically the point that keeps being brought up is like how do we protect schools how do we protect people who shouldn't have guns um but i i I definitely agree that this is a very long topic. And I I, I didn't know that about Oregon and Utah, the differences between those two laws. So I'll I'll have to look more into that and get back to you on what I find because I I find that really
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. there was uh, a video, one of the recent riots, a guy on a motorcycle comes up next to a guy in a car and pulls a gun. And the guy in the car hits the gas and tries to drive away drives into an intersection, but uh-huh. because he was in one of those states, you're not allowed to defend yourself. Your your general, um, your obligation as a citizen is to try to escape the danger, uh-huh. and that that's meant to prevent unnecessary death. Which I understand the motive of the law, but I think if if that um, that citizen had the right to defend themselves, right, I, I think that they'd, they they would have been safer to try to stop the threat rather than try to run away from
0: it interesting yeah i yeah it's it's interesting the differences. because i mean i i was in the same boat it's like if someone pulls a gun on I me, mean, like i'm i'm either gonna get the heck out of there but i should also have the right to defend myself but i don't know i i like you i understand why that would be in place to prevent from like wrongful um what's that called basically defending yourself against something that really didn't need to be defended of. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause
1: there's all kinds of, like I said, there's, there's no black and white when it comes to yeah. guns. It's always gray. It's always scenario specific. There's never a one idea that applies to every situation. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the scary things about it. It's such a complex idea. And I don't think people totally understand that. I think a lot of yeah. people think that there is a so- one solve all question. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I love we're able to have this conversation because I think a lot of people aren't having these conversations and they don't realize mm-hmm. how, how convoluted this is, this, this topic. It's, it's difficult to find an answer.
0: Exactly. and that's, I'm, I keep telling people this is the reason why I decided to make this podcast is because I, I literally just wanted to show people that it's okay to have a middle ground to where they're, it's okay to talk with different people have different views and to try and figure out like what the other person is saying and find a compromise because I mean, I don't know about you, but my Thanksgiving dinners are always very entertaining just because of the politics. And uh, I mean, I haven't been at the adult table for many years, but whenever I have been, it's always been very interesting. But I've always been very impressed on. Um, the The civil nature of the conversation, because our our families um like my cousins their their parents, they have very different views from like my parents, and that's okay, and they accept that, and they're okay with it, and obviously sometimes it's not always as civil and arguments break out I mean they are siblings, of course, but um it's important to have these conversations so that you not only understand your view a lot better but you also understand another person's view, and can therefore make more accurate judgment decisions that benefit both you and them, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you for having me on. Yes, this is, this is really fun.
0: Yeah, of course, if, if you ever want to come on again and talk about something else, you're more than welcome to. And if you have anyone that would be interested or has uh, a very strong opinion about anything, let me know and I'd just love to chat with them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, this is honestly the best part of my week. I just get to talk to people about random issues and <laughs> sometimes get a poke and prod at some people's positions because <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, well well thanks again. Awesome. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. And I'll let you know when it's up. Cool. Yeah, I look forward to hearing it. <laughs> Thanks for watching, come back for more episodes later in the week.